The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Saturday, November 23rd, and we are going to be reviewing a 10-game slate, 9-game main slate in an early game. Uh, I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the one and only shark in the DFS waters, and that is Mr. Michael Apatria. How are you, Mike? I'm I'm doing fantastic, Coach, and we talked about it just before we jumped on. And this is uh, we're recording this in the morning, so yeah. we we generally record the night before, but we're recording this one in the morning. And I think people are you know we're going to get to our sponsor, but you already know what that means. This is there's it's in my cup. I'm fired up. I got the I got the Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee running through my veins this morning. Uh, you know I already I already wrote up my morning article. Um, you know for our layup line over there highlighting some DFS plays. I'm ready to go, Coach. I'm fired up for the slate. Beautiful. Yeah, it's sort of cool doing uh, the this, this show the day of because it allows a little bit of news to break. It allows uh, you know you to soak in sort of what the games were the night before because uh, the Friday night slate was a pretty heavy slate too. And we have a handful of teams you know, on back-to-back, so all of that will come into play. But uh, – yeah, I want to thank, obviously, our, our presenting title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. I am also enjoying a cup of the French roast uh, Hawaiian Isles right now. So uh, get on to Amazon or, or hit them up online and uh, uh, support our sponsors. We would appreciate that. So what we're going to do is we will... Uh, we never miss a game. Our, you know, like we said, we promised you in the preseason. We didn't miss a single preseason game. We're not going to miss a single regular season game or playoff game. So that that was our goal at the beginning: is to uh, be successful for you guys and be here for every game. So the first game we'll talk about is going to be uh, really a standalone game. If you want to play. Uh, the captain spot and, uh, you know, play that one. And then the other, uh, let's see, six, eight, nine games, is it, right? Three, six, three, six, seven, eight, nine games. That Nine games will be on the main slate. So, all right. So let's open right up with that solo early game. It's a 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern game, and it is the Phoenix Suns and the Minnesota Timberwolves. You want to jump into that one, Michael? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I think this one is, you know, one that we're going to be waiting a little bit on with news. Um, you know, Covington has already been rolled out. Layman's already been rolled out uh, mm-hmm. it, for uh, Minnesota. But, you know, Kogi's right now being considered a game-time call. And I think, the, you know, that's going to impact the slate. And I think also uh, who's going to be in the starting lineup is going to impact the slate. Because, you know, right. in the past we've seen Travion Graham kind of, you know, slide over to the floor a little bit. And he could, he could play there. But, 
you know, they're going to be probably playing with a little bit more uh, more size in Phoenix. We've seen them run the Kaminsky Sarek. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see a combination or, you know, of uh, Noah Vonley or Jordan Bell getting a few more a uh, few more extra minutes or whether one of them starts. I think that's where I'm going to have some interest for some of the value. But uh, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns is just, you know, clear-cut guy. You have to play him. Um, it's up to you if you want to use him in your captain spot. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, he has the highest upside, also the highest floor in this game. So it's the obvious play for the captain spot. And I think, you know, we're going to have enough value given those two guys. If one of them ends up starting, if one of them doesn't start, then, you know, Travion Grant's for some value and, uh, you know, value on the other side that we'll get to. And I also think, you know, Teague, he's just been playing very well. Um, he's a guy that we can, I think we can go back to. Ricky Rubio right now is looking like he's more on the doubtful side, so you don't have to worry about that uh, direct matchup right there. All right. Um, yeah. So I think those are going to be my main options. If you want to play Wiggins, I'm not going to knock you. His price tag is, you know, it's elevated. Um, but he was on a torrent run before he started missing games, you know, due to the death in the family and an illness right. and everything else. So I'm not going to knock you. You know, I, I don't, I just don't like playing him. So I'm going to just wait for him to start beating me for a game or two before I really want to reconsider it. Uh, but until then, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on him. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't blame you, but I, I've got to say it's bizarre because I was with you in the Wiggins camp. I used to just crush him, you know, totally points dependent, et cetera. But I'll tell you, man, he, he had proved me wrong for about a five or six game stretch in a row. I mean, hitting big shots, uh, going to the glass, even playing a little defense. I was stunned. So whatever flipped the switch there, if it was all the criticism that he was taking or what the deal was, uh, you know, he's been he really has been playing uh, good ball up until having to sit out. But it, again, like you mentioned, he wasn't sitting out because of an injury or illness. It was a, a personal issue with the death in the family. So I expect him to jump back into, you know, jump back on the horse here and and ride full steam. So, you know, being the fact that it's a good pace up game, the fourth and ninth pace teams, it's going to be up and down. Uh, he steps into a lot of threes and, and knives to the hoop. And, you know, I just I love focusing for me on both Wiggins and Cat in those top two spots. And I know they're expensive. Uh, and then just trying to to fill in the rest for that single game uh, group. Now, uh, we need to get official news on on uh, Rubio. But I heard like you that he's probably not going to play. And uh, it seemed like last game uh, we got sort of a mixture of people filling in that spot. Akobo played some. Javel Carter played some. It looked like Booker had slid over and, and, and played a little bit. Um, how do you think it, it affects the Phoenix side, Mike? And who do you have a guy or two of value uh, to recommend uh you know, if if people are going to go with the more expensive options on Minnesota, I think it's you know the direct correlation. It went it went mostly to Tyler Johnson. You know, he ended up starting mm-hmm. the game, which uh, I you know I liked. I thought it was going to be Carter starting, and you know Tyler Johnson in his general like bench role. Uh, he usually thrives in a bench role, but he played twenty nine minutes in it, and you know he didn't blow up on the stat sheet, but he played well. You know, only six yeah. points, but the five rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two steals. That's a full stat line. Shot two of seven, so he didn't get a lot of shots off. Like you said, it's an up-paced game, so I'd expect a few more shot attempts from him if he's coming out starting again. And, you mm-hmm. know, 
I, law of averages, we can assume that maybe he shoots a little better than 28% from the field. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that's going to be my main focus. But, you know, before I just jump right into Phoenix, I wanted to get that out there because you asked the question. One more thing I wanted to, you know, talk about with Wiggins, which is kind of, you know, making my decision to fade him a little bit easier, is that yeah. a lot of the good run he was getting was when Jeff Teague was out or playing on sure. minutes coming back. So Jeff Teague, you know, first game back was on the 13th and that was you know Wiggins still had a big game Jeff Teague didn't play a full complement of minutes following game uh he played before missing him he put up 34 and a half DK points so I'm not saying he's necessarily going to revert right back to regular old Wiggins but it wouldn't shock me if we kind of see him play off ball a little bit more obviously with Jeff Teague playing back those assist totals were actually you know on the rise when he was playing point guard a little bit for him yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, and that could have been the, the exact correlation of when he went out to when Wiggins started going. I know we've referred to that on the show a few times. So it's definitely something that raises a little bit of a flag. But, uh, yeah, you know, and, and on, <clears throat> excuse me, and on the Phoenix side, you know, the question is, do you spend up for Booker? Uh, is he the option there? Or, you know, if if you do go like I'm looking to go is a little bit more spend on the Minnesota side, uh, you know, trying to fit in uh, a Tyler Johnson. Boy, Kelly Oubre looked great in that last game as well, just extremely active. So I'd like to slide Oubre in there for sure and uh, see if we can uh, make up a, a good squad. But uh, anything else on this game? I mean, yeah, like you said, Booker, I think if, if you have the cash, he's, you know, the upside's always there with him. So he's a guy that we're always targeting, especially in GPPs. Um, and, I, you know, I'm looking back at Sarich as well. I think this is, you know, he's a fair price. He's a guy that's mid-tier that we could be able to fit in. I'm not really worried about the, you know, the 16 uh, minutes in the last game. Um, that was him coming back from an injury. They're going to need size in this game. Uh, and it's right. also a little bit of a revenge narrative involved in there, too. So, um, you know, he's a guy I have an eye on. If we hear Carter starting, um, you know, I have interest in basically whoever's starting. I think I think we can look at Tyler Johnson as a, as a play coming off the bench, actually, either way, because he's always kind of thrived in that extra usage uh, six-man role. But I'm only right. going to have interest in Carter if we hear he's starting. That's the way I probably should have said it. Um, and then Ubre, like you said, he's just been rolling. So I think I have a lot of interest in, in this Suns. That's kind of why I don't think I'm going to get Wiggins. I think get my exposure to, to Cat, Teague, and if I get one more value and then, you know, pay up for some of these guys over here, you know, if I can fit Booker, if I can fit Ubre, and then go one of those mid-tier guys, um, that's, that's my build. That's kind of how I'm panning out. That makes sense. And Baines, I believe, is still out. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, then that's why I think we're going to need to see a little bit more run from Sark, from Kaminsky. Um, you know, Kaminsky is, is a little hobbled though. He's probable for the game, but he was dealing with a hip contusion coming in. And this is yeah. something that for big guys, they're banging hips down low a lot. So I, it, it wouldn't shock me if you see cat, you know, really and he's going to, that's the matchup he's going to have. He's going to be forced to guard Carl Anthony Towns. So there's many avenues for Frank Kaminsky being limited, whether it's the hip issue, whether it's foul trouble, whether it's, you know, catches bullying him to the point where they got to switch it up. Um, all those reasons have me pointing towards Sarge a little bit more, and not to mention that we just talked about a Covington's not playing, so they're going to be a little bit uh, facing a little bit of a matchup difficulty on that side. I'll tell you though, I, not to spend too much time on this game, but I, you know, I haven't. I watched Sarge because I, I really like the Suns. You, you know, I was talking them up in preseason that they were going to be one of the more improved teams, and they finished last in the West, and they're five hundred at seven and seven. But they are on a losing streak, so they, you know, they need to get it going. But a lot of it's been – they've just been decimated by injuries, too. They've had tons of guys out. But I don't know. Sarge just hasn't looked exactly right. I don't know if you remember 
about a week ago, we had talked about when they were going to play the Sixers. And I thought, you know, we thought it might be a revenge game. And he just didn't look like he had that same swagger or popping threes and stuff. And he concerns me in, in, in that vein for sure. And, you know, with Baines out, man, that just makes Cat uh, such a strong play for me. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, this will be an interesting game with some pace and it. it's just going to be a matter, I think, of picking that that last two guys in your lineup could make the big difference in swinging it one way or the other. Yeah, I think a lot of, I think, yeah, we don't really, let's, let's get off the game, but uh, I, I'm not really going to get you going. We've been talking on this one for a while. I'm I sure know. People, like there's very limited people are talking to are even playing it. Um, but it, it's, if you need it, it's there. You know, I, if you don't want to play him, I completely understand. Um, it's more of a GPP play. It's not like I'm saying he's a solid cash guy. So, All right, we're on to the main slate, dude. We have nine game main slate starting at 7 o'clock. First game's the Chicago Bulls at the Charlotte Hornets, two teams that are struggling, not playing too well, and uh, both teams coming off back-to-backs. Do you want to jump on one of these squads? Yeah, I expect a very tired defense on both ends. Uh, this should be a, a game that does provide some value. It has a you know pretty decent total, 216, but it's a, it's close spread. It's only minus two. So um, I definitely right. think there's going to be some fantasy value. Am I going to go overboard on it? No. Um, I guess we could start over here on the Charlotte side. And for me, I, I think that looking at Rozier has been the been my you know method when I'm playing Charlotte. It's you know the price tag's been down ever since Graham's kind of inserted in the starting lineup, and I and I've kept saying it. I don't think that's hurting him. We've kind of seen the shot attempts still be there, um, and if anything, it opens up more room for him playing off ball once in a while. So um, I think he would be my main option if I'm looking at anybody over there on on Charlotte. Sure. I just don't want to mess with any of the wings. You know, if you want to play Graham. I just I think it's lightning in a bottle once in a while, and I just always get him wrong. So I, I, I'm just going to kind of fade him and continue to fade him. If he burns me, he burns me, so be it. It's still a $7,100 price tag, so he'd yeah. have to have a really good game to really burn me pretty badly. Um, in the front court, it's just it's kind of just hit and miss with P.J. Washington and Cody Zeller. Both their minutes have kind of been up and down. I just don't want anything to do with this. So for me, on the Charlotte side, I'm really just looking at Rozier. Okay, and and you know a couple other things on this game. We've got uh, Chicago the tenth pace, and Charlotte twenty one. So it is a pace down for Chicago, a pace up for Charlotte, and defensive efficiency. Chicago's twelfth in the league. Charlotte is not good. They're twenty sixth. So, you know, it what it does is between those two statistics and just looking at this game and the over under. And the performance of these two teams, I think it's one of the lesser interest games for me. You know, Levine had a really subpar game the last time out. Um, you know, there is a narrative, though, that uh, with Kobe White is from the Charlotte, the North Carolina area. So it's a home game for all his family and friends. Beat and me to it. <laughs> everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Nah, I, lo- I love it. I love that you're a, you never, uh, you never, you, you do follow narratives and you play the narratives, but I, I'm usually a big on the narratives. I always like to mention them either way. Uh, I, I, thought, do- I didn't think you were going to mention it. So I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, that it's good, but it's bad. Cause now I'm wondering, wow, a lot of people, other, other people are probably noticing that too. Well, you know, some people follow that some stuff, some people don't. So I think it's definitely an edge. Um, you know, I mean, it puts Kobe in play for me, no question about it. I think, you know, he's definitely going to have that extra motivation. And I think that the coach will give him a little extra run. Um, you know, this this game's 
just not a strong game for me, though. I mean, the the center position Carter's been playing okay, you know, and it, it's, it is nice to attack Charlotte at the bigs, but, he, you know, he's been up and down, and, and uh, Gafford's been getting some good backup minutes. Um, you know, all those Bulls guards, uh, again, uh, with Levine just paying, playing average, has just been uh, not great. And, you know, on the Charlotte side, you know, yeah, Devontae Graham is the sweetheart, but uh, I'll tell you who was on fire the last game. Last couple of games is Malik Monk off the bench. You know, he's he gets a little asterisk next to his name for a value play for me. Like, if I'm really, really stuck and need a, a cheap guy as my last guy in in cash, I'm not afraid to dial up Monk because he's that hot and his usage on the court is really good. Um but he's definitely a GPP option for me. And really, uh, on the bull side, the only guy, because of Kobe with the narrative and the fact that he can get hot and fill it up, that, that's really the only two spots. Uh, sort of odd. Two guards off the bench are the only two guys I sort of like in this game. But uh, but that's it. What else you got there, man? Well, you, you hit it right on the head for Kobe White for me. I think that he's going to – the shot attempts I'm expecting with the hometown crowd. He didn't just, you know, go to UNC. His his father went to UNC. He grew up yeah. in North Carolina. So, uh, you know, that full narrative is is definitely in motion for him. Um, so I, I get some interest from him. And, then I, you know, I, I'm going to keep my eye on Zach Levine as a GPP play. The minutes have been down, but we know that the usage is generally always going to be there with him. It's just whether or not the shot's going to fall. He's been shooting pretty poor over the past few games. You know, 42% in the last one is – well-being but 18 percent 25 percent in the two prior so uh like you said their defense is pretty porous so I, it wouldn't shock me if uh you know levine has a, a better shooting night tonight and uh, at, at his price is 6600 on DraftKings, i think he has some gpp appeal good call all right we go on to the second game on the main slate it's also seven o'clock the orlando magic and the indiana pacers uh, uh definitely an interesting game because I think a lot of people will go to this game for value because Vuk's out and, you know, Indiana still has guys out there. So there's like different spots where you can get some really cheaper guys. But here's my warning is, is this a, a lollipop play as far as a sucker play, if you will, uh, just in the fact that, you know, we got to look at this here. Orlando is the slowest pace team in the league dead last and Indiana is not that much better. They're 25th, and they've played even slower since they've had those injuries. So, you know, that's a concern uh, considering, uh, you know, you want more possessions, more opportunity to get uh, DFS points. Um, on the defensive efficiency side, Chicago is uh, – or I'm sorry, Chicago. Uh, Orlando is um, sitting at – where is it? I just lost it. They're playing pretty tough D. They're 11th. They just slipped out of the top 10. They were actually playing a little bit better. And Indiana is 7th. So you've got two good defensive efficient squads up and down. Even with some of the injuries, they've been keeping the scores down. Slower pace teams. And that, that gives me a big scare, you know, right off the bat. And, you know, I know the, the first spot everybody's going to look at is, do I go with Mo Bamba, you know, because he was such a plug-and-play last year when Vuk was hurt. But based on what the coach said, Mike, I heard that Kim Birch is probably going to get the start, and they're still going to bring Bamba off the bench 
uh, I want to get that validated today, but that's what I read yesterday. What do you, how do you think that's going to affect Orlando? It's it's going to it's going to be a wait and see, like you said on the starting lineup. Uh, I think both Ken Birch and Bamba are in play just because they're both you know to reduce salary. Yeah, you know, even if Birch starts, Bamba will you know still see an increased role, probably a few extra minutes. But Bamba hasn't been playing well this season. It's just the tantalizing upside in a young prospect that we know that he can, you know, have one of those above average rebounding games and he can hit the three and he can also block shots. So I do think there's some upside to be had in there. I think that if he is coming off the bench, a lot of people will move away from him. So, you know, that piques my interest a little bit more. I mean, we just saw that with uh, LeBissier the other day on that two game slate. As soon as Tyler got announced the starting lineup, LeBissier was only, I believe, you know, 30% 30% or 38%. It sounds like only, but it's a two game slate and, you know, white sides out ended up smashing. Yeah. So I do think that there's, some I actually had him at 26% and he scored 58.6. Uh, yeah. I was all over. I, I had every it, single, I hundred percent of him and it's Me probably too. a bad idea to do that. But once I, I saw that he was coming off the bench, I was, I had to load up. I saw it was an opportunity that, you know, he'd be lower owned. And the same thing could awesome. happen over here that we might see with Bob. Yeah, so I, I, I do think he's still in play, but I think a lot of the, a lot of the usage is going to end up funneling to the you know the guys that were already having the usage and being you know Terrence Ross and Jonathan Isaac. So I think you know with uh, Isaac likely to slide up to the four, them starting Birch. I think that you know they they mentioned starting um, a Wundu. But it's going to be yeah. Ross that's going to have to take a lot more shot attempts for Vucevic and for Gordon. He's he's a big scorer. He's going to be viable off the bench. So I think looking at that, it's it's kind of gravitating off of that starting lineup, uh, what we see between Bamba, Birch. Um, and then, you know, I think I'm going to be also looking at Ross. Isaac got a big price bump. But if there's ever a game or a situation that he's going to have that we can take advantage of it, it, it's this kind of situation. But their defense is tough, like you said, on the Pacers. Maybe we don't pay that $7,500 price tag on DraftKings. We wait for, hopefully, a down game in this one. The situation is still going to be there. It doesn't look like Gordon and Vucevic are coming back relatively close uh, anytime soon, in the next game or two at least. Uh, Vucevic right. much longer. But, you know, get him in a better matchup next time at a little bit of a reduced salary, and then we jump on it. Yeah, and, and on the Indiana side, you know, I know a lot of people are going to Aaron Holiday. He's been really uh, stepping up with Brogdon out and playing well. Uh, his price has floated up a little bit, but, uh, you know, I think he'll be a, a big target for folks uh, uh, as well. Um, I just, I'm telling you, though, man, I know that this game, you're going to see, even though it's a nine-game slate, you're going to see so many lineups with one or two guys for sure from this team because people are going to want to stack the more expensive guys. They're going to, you know, be looking to go to Birch or Bamba or Hall, either to the holidays or some somebody that's going to get, you know, 25 to 30 minutes, which they probably all will, and uh, try to make the, their their roster that way. But my I'm I'm going to stay away from this game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bite on that value. There's other value we can find with guys sitting out on a back-to-back. With the stats I read earlier, why would you want to have 25% of your team come from a game with four, two of the four slowest teams and two of the top 10 defensive teams in the league? So I'm really, I'm really going to force myself to pass as much as possible here. How about you? I mean, looking at the Orlando side, I think at the end of the day, I will try to take advantage of some of that value. Doesn't mean I'm going to go overboard, but maybe you know, one off one of the value plays, whether it's you know Birch or Bamba, 
um, yeah. or maybe even Ross if I want to go that way. And then if, if I was going to take any shots, like you said, I'm avoiding the whole Aaron Holiday thing. He got priced up. Uh, you know, he did explode in the last one. I wouldn't expect back-to-back performances, especially in this game flow. Jeremy Lamb's expected to play now, so that's going to cut into some usage. Um, right. So, you know, I'm, I'm really not touching anybody on the wings. If I was maybe going to look anywhere, it'd be the bigs, just taking advantage of the other side, knowing Gordon and Vucevic are out. Um, it looks like Miles Turner's slightly underpriced at 6K. He's a little risky, so I would probably just right. prefer playing Sabonis just because we know he's got that safe floor and safe ceiling. So, you know, if and it's 8,100. You're not really getting a discount on him. So yeah. I'm not trying to force it. Like you said, it's really un, it's really uninviting when you look at this game. It's the value for me, and that's pretty much it. And if you wanted if you wanted to take the shot, if you have the extra money, he's the last guy you're throwing in, I don't mind Sabonis. Yeah, I'm telling you, though, man, this you, you are going to be hard-pressed to see uh, an opponent's lineup that doesn't have somebody from this game and i think it's a trap i really do i'm gonna try my damnedest to avoid that game so let's see if that pays off my man um all right we go to the uh, third main slate game of nine it's a 7 30 game toronto and atlanta um interesting game here toronto 10 and 4 coming in um you know atlanta plays fast. They are the 11th rated team, still playing at a pretty good pace. And uh, Toronto, uh, take a guess where Toronto is, man. Just just out of the blue without looking. Pace? Yeah. I would probably say 12th, 13th. You're, you're awesome, man. They're 14th. So they're right in the middle of the uh, board here. I know a lot of people thought they're, they may be lower this season or we're lower, but they've been in that upper half. So they're in the upper half barely, but they're up there. So they're, you know, it's, you can play Toronto games. They're not just defensive lockdown only. Now they are the fifth best uh, defensive efficiency. So that definitely gets your attention. And then what gets my, the most attention for me is there are only three teams in the league that are worse defensively. Atlanta's 27th. And since they've had some injuries, they've been uh, even falling further. So, you know, uh, I'll start off this one real quickly with Toronto. Uh, I, I think Freddie, Fred Van Vliet is probably one of my first cornerstone guys that I'm going to lock in. They just haven't priced him up to where I think he belongs to be. I mean, the guy is uh, in the top two in the league in uh, minutes played. He's taken on that usage from Lowry. Uh, some of it has shifted to him and he's just been a monster game after game. And he gets to go against, you know, Trey young defense, uh, possibly a good portion of the game and they may switch a few guys on him. but I just see this being such a, a smash spot for him. It's not even funny. Now, you know, I do have a concern that, you know, it's in Atlanta, so I'm hoping it's not going to come into play, but it could blow out. That's the other concern. And I know, you know, it seems like Nick Nurse is not afraid to play his guys a lot of minutes this year. He, you know, we, we talked about it for quite a while that, you know, the top two minutes played guys in the entire league for the through the first eight games were Van Vliet and Lowry. So, I mean, he's letting his main guys play out there. So I think Van Vliet gets enough run. Uh, where he's going to cause some trouble uh, at that price. I don't think he's been priced up high enough. And uh, for me, you know, to me, that really brings him into play. 
the Siakam piece, it's a little bit different, you know, because then you really have to think about is this game going to blow out and is Siakam going to get the minutes because he is definitely a great play, but he's expensive. And, you know, you have to factor that. Is he going to get the minutes to pay off his salary? So what do you think about the Toronto side, Mike? I'm with you on Van Fleet. I think he's in a great spot. I don't understand why they're not pricing him up. So I, I feel good about playing him. Um, Siakam's price tag compared to what his floor uh, is is a little bit off-putting. You know, we've seen some 30, 35-point games. I'm really looking for that 45 or 50. It's it's definitely possible right. in, this, in this kind of matchup. But I think with that 9,100, I'll probably spread that out somewhere elsewhere on the slate. So I'm really just looking at Van Vliet on the Toronto side. I'm with you. How about Atlanta? You want to dive into that? Yeah, sure. So I think when you look at Atlanta, obviously the first spot you're going to go to is Trey Young. Yeah, the price tag's <laughs> finally up to where it probably should be at 9,800. Uh, the performances expensive. have been down over the past few games, so and this is a tough matchup. So if you want to play Trey Young, I'm not going to knock you. I know that he has that 50, 60 point upside. We've seen it night in and night out. And again, if you're playing the, you know, like coach saying this could be a blowout. I mean, at the end of the, it's only coming in at a six and a half point spread right now. Um, yeah. Obviously, Toronto being favored, so you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily steering clear as though it's going to be a blowout. But there's always the possibility it's the Hawks. If they, if Trey Young's shooting bad, they're probably not staying in a game. So that there's that point. So if you're game scripting it and you are playing somebody, uh, you know, like Van Vliet and you wanted to run it back with Trey Young, it makes sense because if this game stays close and you want all four quarters out of both guys, a, a, a pretty decent game should be coming out of Trey Young. But uh, you know, I'm not going to over my overexpose myself to that kind of scenario. You're paying for it. So, you know, GPPs is where I'm looking at him. I'm not thinking he's a cash game player. You're the cash game guy, Coach. But I think, you know, if we see another game where Reddish sits out, Bembry at 4,300, that's where you can get exposure to this game, whether it blows out or doesn't blow out. At 4,300, the price tag is fine, and he's very, very viable for GPPs. He's a little risky for cash, but I love playing this guy when I know he's getting increased opportunity. He gets it done in so many different ways. Yeah, and we're going to have to wait for the news. I believe Reddish is still questionable, correct? Yeah, he's, uh, it's not quite out there yet, so I wanted to just throw it out there with the caveat. Yeah. Uh, Reddish plays, um, it's definitely going to take some juice out of the lineup for me. Yeah. You know, I've been really having a lot of success playing some of the ancillary Atlanta guys. Bambry, uh, Hunter's done really well lately. You know, if you picked Jabari on the right day, I mean, you, you can make some good selections there, but... To, against Toronto just doesn't seem like the right spot for me anyway. I mean, they're, they're such a good defensive unit. They, they really play well together. And as, as washed up as Gasol plays, I mean, you know, he, he was a defensive player of the year at one time. He still knows positioning and, you know, how to create some, some trouble inside. So I just, I'm a little fearful of some of the Atlanta ancillary guys and, you know, it's definitely not a good idea to to game script a, a blowout and only a six and a half point spread. But I just, you know, I've got a little concern there enough that, you know, I'm probably going to go Van Vliet. And uh, uh, if if Bembry is starting and Reddish is definitely out, Bembry is definitely uh, a worth a look because he plays so hard and this is a good matchup for him. So you got to consider him as well. But that's it for me in this game. Do you have any other thoughts there? No, that's that's really all that's getting my attention right now. All right, game four in the nine-game main slate, 730 San Antonio Spurs at the New York Knicks, uh, two teams that are not going well. The Spurs 5-11, and Knicks 4-11. and uh, Definitely not a barn burner game uh, for, 
you know, for viewership, that's for sure. Uh, as far as defensive efficiency, just to give you an idea of, of what these teams have been doing, New York is, is down uh, at 19, uh, so they're not getting it done. And what's amazing to me, uh, and I bet you this, I guarantee you without even looking this up, this is the worst defensive rating for a pop team in his career. They're 28th. There's only two teams worse in the league defensively. They have been getting absolutely scorched. So really bizarre to, to figure on that one. But uh, And then uh, in the pace side of things, you know, uh, New York's playing the 28th slowest, so they're not getting up and down the floor. And, you know, maybe the reason why San Antonio is getting scorched is they have been trying to push the pace a little bit. They're still – only 16th. They're not even in the top half. So, you know, it's just they're not good. And their rotation doesn't make any sense. Uh, man, this is just a game where you got two disappointing teams with two disappointing uh, efforts here. But, you know, I where you find the value in this game, I don't know. Anybody to me that has uh, even a thought of playing is somewhat too expensive. The only guy that I'd consider, I, I want to see the news on the, the San Antonio guards because they've had different guards sitting out a lot. And when Patty Mills starts and plays, you know, 28 minutes, his, you know, solid run to, to 30, which, you know, when he has his true bench role with White and Murray playing as more towards the, you know, 18-minute Mark, which doesn't make him viable to me. But if he's going to start and get minutes, if uh, a White or Murray combination isn't in there, then I think he deserves a look. But I don't want to spend up in this game for Aldridge or DeRozan. DeRozan is playing good ball, and DeRozan would be the guy that I would look at if anybody in this entire game. Um, but really, that's all I've got so far in this one. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing anybody in this game. Uh, I'm not paying 5,200 for Patty Mills. Um, it's just yeah. you know you're paying for him at that point. He's a good play when we know we're getting him for like that 43 or 38 or whenever he's you know down there. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm good. I don't think we need to force it too much on either side of the ball. Um, it's just very unappealing. You know, all the guys that you know you generally you know want to target when they're at that right price tag and the right matchup are like you said priced up even on the other side of the ball. So uh, I'm good. I'm pretty good. Awesome. All right. The next game, which I think will be the most fun game to watch. I don't know if it'll be the best DFS game, but it'll be the most fun game to watch to me is a 7:30 game, Miami heated Philadelphia 76ers. You've got a boatload of narratives here that are exciting. You know, uh, Jimmy Butler's got some, some bad blood with Philly for sure. He's not happy about some things. It took place there, so that's that's a big narrative game there. I think Jay Rich is going to be out. He's either doubtful or questionable, but he would that would have been nice if he could have gone against Miami. Um, you know, you have an 11-3 and 10-5 and team facing off. Miami's been beating the doors in and on people. Um, I, I don't see any news on Joel Embiid. He did play last night. I think he'll play on a back-to-back -back because it's the Heat and it's such an important game. So I'm going to do my initial scouting here that that he is going to be in. Um, he, only, you know, he only played 28 minutes in the last one, so I would expect that he plays since he's close to you know 30, 32. 
I think so too. Uh, I well, I don't know about thirty thirty two, but that would be great if he's going to play thirty thirty two. That's well, that makes him very viable. Uh, Miami does have the second best defensive efficiency in the league, so that really puts them, you know, right into the the middle of it. Their their defense is just swarming, and uh, you know, I, but Philadelphia, you know, I looked up a stat earlier. Uh, the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is when when uh, Embiid's on the floor, they're 15 points better in defensive efficiency than when he's off, which is the biggest difference plus minus in the entire league. So if he's in there, I mean, these two teams, are they don't like each other. It's a, like a they're going to feel like it's a playoff atmosphere. They're going to be going at it super hard. I think it's going to be a really, really fun game. But, uh, you know, I, I'd lean towards Jimmy Butler in this matchup. Uh, I'd love to play Joel Embiid, but I do really ex- uh, respect um, Bam's defense. But uh, I want to be able to put a couple of guys in from this game, and I'm still deciding on exactly who that is. Maybe you can shed some light for me, Mike. What do you think? Um, so on the Philly side, I definitely think, you know, I'm not I'm not as worried about the back-to-back, just given, like you said, how important this game is going to be, uh, the narrative surrounding it. I mean, these are two teams that are both in the top five in the Eastern Conference, kind of jockeying for position left and right. You know, over the last 10, the Sixers have been 5-5 five and five due to their, you know, little nagging injuries around their team, and the Heat fully took advantage of it and yeah. you know, went 8-2. and two. So we kind of seen a little position swap. I'm sure that, that uh, that's in the back of everyone's mind. And like you said, it's, it's both teams on uh, – you know, on a back-to-back right now, right? I believe Miami played yesterday. If I'm, am I just talking out of the the corner of my mouth? Am I wrong on this one? I, I don't. I think they did. Yeah, they so, did. They so, played against the Bulls yeah. and they beat them by eight. So, and that was a huge narrative for Butler in there. So there might not be a lot of gas left in the tank. Uh, I'm sure he has enough fire to go around. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's it's an advantage for both teams. So we might see the interior be a little weaker. Um, and Joel is just an offensive powerhouse at 9,200. We know he could pay off that salary. So maybe not in cash games, but in GPPs, I definitely think he's still viable. And he may go, uh, you know, a little under owned due to all those other reasons. So yeah. um, and, and then other than that, I think everybody else is pretty priced appropriately. I you know I took advantage of the Horford under 6K price the other night and it you know, paid off with a little over 37 DraftKings points. So um, Harris is always a GPP option at 6,400. The price tag's fair. And you know he's a little boomer bust. He's either going to get you 25 or 42. So if you want to take a shot at him, I don't mind it. Um, but those are the only two options I'm really looking at on the uh, Philly side of the ball. Yeah. And what about Miami? I, I, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna avoid Butler. the Butler price tag. Yeah. To be honest, I, I like the narrative. Don't get me wrong. I like playing Butler, 8600. Um, I don't want to pay that on this kind of slate. I know that we have other options yeah. that I'm kind of gravitating towards. If you play him, I'm not gonna knock you. I can easily see him hitting value. Um, but due to the defensive matchup, it's not a great matchup. Uh, it is a back to back, and it's a big price bump. I took advantage of him against the Bulls because he was underpriced, and the narrative was there. I think he's priced appropriately, and there's a narrative there. So a little less ownership for him tonight. I think Bam's always in play. 7400. You should be priced up. It's going to be a tough matchup, um, but he gets it done in so many ways. The assists for him almost at five this season. He's yeah. a big, he's a passing big man. He's getting defensive stats. The boards are generally there. So uh, if you want to look towards him, I don't mind. But really not too interested in anybody in this game. I think that you know there's some. Uh, some hidden value that could be there with their bench bigs, whether, you know, Leonard starts, but not really a primary focus between Leonard and Olenek, just because that we know that they're going to be running out a big combo on the other side with Horford and Embiid. 
Um, yeah. Those guys, you know, if somebody gets in the foul trouble in the in the front court, the other guy's going to be taking advantage of it. I'll tell you, Kendrick Nunn's been playing good ball too. He's got to at least be on the radar, although his price continues to drift up every day, it seems like. But, uh, man, I, I just like the narratives in this game so much. I like Jimmy Butler so much. I think I, I really like Joel Embiid too. I, I'm, I think you're going to have half the people say, I don't want to take Joel on a back-to-back. And the other, you know, maybe 35% saying, you know, the Heat has the second-best defense in the league or third-best, whatever it is, and, and they're, they, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Embiid gets up for these kind of games, man. He just lives for these kind of matchups. I, I think it would be a little contrarian to do it, but I wouldn't it be awesome to have Butler, you know, on, and then Embiid on the other side and just watch this one play out. There's definitely the narrative in there. And, you know, we've seen, you know, plenty of game stacks like that, you know, be profitable in the past. I don't know if I want to spend all my money on those two guys. That's a on lot a, of money. And, yeah. you know, the game total is only 214 and a half right now. There's, know. you know, it's one of the lower yeah. ones on the slate. There's only actually, you know, one more that's, that is lower than that. And that's the one that we spoke about yeah. earlier, Orlando and Indiana. So for you know for yeah. all the reasons I don't know if I want to spend up too too much but I expect it to be a tight game I expect it to be a competitive game um, and you know maybe grabbing a one off at one of those expensive guys is is somewhere you want to go like I said I think Embiid's in a, in a pretty good spot um, with that narrative and with the price tag so I, I that's what I mean and when you're looking at the Butler versus Embiid you know there's only a, a six hundred dollar difference right now I know that's crazy you know the the other thing I want to mention real too real quick here as well is and and something I've been factoring in to my numbers as I'm looking at things, you know, I've had guys and it's the most painful thing in the world. When you have, you, you pick the right guy, he's playing a really, really good game, but the, the team blows out and the guy loses like 10 minutes in the fourth quarter, which is, you know, like a third of his stats at least for fantasy. And you just, it just crushes you. And so what I've been trying to factor in when I'm looking at these over unders, cause I, I look at those as a big part of my handicapping because you want more possessions, more points for more DFS points. But if if it looks like there's just no way it's a blowout to me and it's going to be a great crunching close game where everybody plays the full way, this game falls into that category. So even though it's a lower over under, I almost bump that up by like eight points or so in my mind because of the closeness and the, the extra minutes for the main players. Just something I wanted to throw in there. And that's what brings the, this game a little bit more into play for me. And I think it, there will be some people that are scared off of it. But, you know, it's, I'm definitely at worst, at worst, going to fire up that narrative street with those guys in a GPP. But one of them might find my, my main cash lineup, too, just because I'm enthralled by that game. All right, man, let's go. We've got uh, four more games left on the main slate. A couple things real quickly. Uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, we want to thank them. They are our title sponsor. Uh, please keep uh, supporting our sponsors and uh, order up some Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Um, also, uh, go to hoop-ball.com. We have some tremendous uh, – premium packages we have tons of podcasts box score breakdowns we've got you know way beyond just the dfs stuff we have a lot of stuff for the year-long leagues and um, the head-to-heads and and all of that uh dan vespris uh, does an nba fantasy today show that 
is best in class in the industry, tens of thousands of listeners, and you want to catch that as well. So uh, also for our DFS side, go to hoop-ball.com, go to forums, go to the DFS threads. Uh, We have a couple of guys, Miles and Andy, uh, you may know, uh, they also do some some pods for us uh, filling in. Uh, and Miles is actually on our, our regular schedule now, too. So uh, those guys do a great job. You know, that's a great place to go for injury news, matchups, you know, the, the slate with over-unders, totals, all that. So click on that as much as you can. And remember, if you're looking for us, you know, we're generally going to be there. Today's an exception. We usually do the show the night before, as our listeners know, and then it comes out first thing in the morning. So you can listen to it on the way to work or whatever. But on the weekend, we we wanted to do a live show or you know a little bit more of a live show, if you will. Even though this is going to come out right after, uh, and and make it a little bit more up to date. So uh, tune in to us anytime. Just uh, look, uh, search NBA DFS today or just uh, in uh, DFS today, and we're going to come up. We're on everywhere that uh, you can find a podcast. We're there: iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, we're there. All we ask that you do is take 30, 45 seconds, rate, review, subscribe, five stars, likes, you know, positive reviews, a little statement here and there. That all helps us just keep this entire thing free in front of the paywall. And I am convinced, and I've heard them all, I think we're the best seven-day-a-week NBA DFS content out there. So, Please keep tuning in, like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is key. You know, you want to stay up to date. Like even this information we're giving to you uh, this morning, you know, the games play in uh, 10 hours from right now, approximately. So in that time frame, you've got to be scouring everything here to make sure you see any changes, updates, player limitations, uh, load management situations. One guy make or break will make or break your lineup. And, you know, there's been some big numbers. I mean, there's on some of these slates, you have to score nearly 400 DFS points to to really make some money. So you can't have a dud in the lineup. So follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Fantasy. We'll give you all of our Hoopball stuff constantly being updated. I'm at Joe Sarvati. That's J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And uh, Andrew is at Language Olympic. And Miles is at Miles, M-Y-L-E-S, 6565. So look us up on there. We're posting things throughout the day. I'll be posting stuff on there today on Twitter right up until the 7 p.m. Eastern lock. All right, let's uh, tackle these final four games and let our uh, get this out there so our, our listeners can start building some uh, shell lineups uh, to work with throughout the day. So we've got an, uh, an 8 p.m. game, uh, Portland Trailblazers at the Cleveland Cavaliers, two teams going in the very wrong direction, Portland 5-11, and Cleveland 4-11, and and I watched some of that Cleveland-Dallas game, and oof, it was nasty. Cleveland got drilled. They are not playing well. But it is a home game against a team uh, that is reeling. Uh, what is the Lillard news, my man? Probable. 
That's what I thought. So Dame back against Cleveland, um, you know, that is hard not to play. If he's going to – is he? do you believe he's going to be on a limits restriction? Have you seen anything? Because I haven't. The limits restriction might be them just pounding it down their throat before they yeah. get to the fourth quarter, to be honest. I, I mean, yeah. I think that's going to be their goal. Just they don't want to play in big minutes. I mean, if it's tight, I think they will they will if they need to. I don't think they'd be bringing them back against Cleveland if, if he wasn't ready to play. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's tough to – you know, the salary is nice. But uh, I think, uh, me personally, I, I'm not going to be getting too many shares of them just for the simple fact that this Cleveland team can't defend anybody. McCollum's been lighting it up. I don't want to pay that price tag. He's only 200 cheaper than Lillard. So if it what came about down to- Carmelo? A Carmelo <laughs> sighting. <laughs> Listen, Car- you know, I, I love seeing him back in the NBA. I'm not going to be one of the haters. Um, you know, I played him a little <laughs> bit last game, and I was able to jump on when he was still at a low salary and get the price, you know, get some value out of the price tag. But now he's at 5K. Um, oh, Miller's going to be back. There goes a lot of that usage. He was so. 3,800 when I played him or 30, 36. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going towards that, uh, price tag when we know no that going to be in the lineup. So, um, I'm really not, you know, interested in anybody on the, the Portland side of the ball. And, you know, I, I'll just hop right over to Cleveland if you don't mind. I don't know if you have anything else. No, go ahead. Yeah. I'm not really interested in anything on Cleveland either. <laughs> so, so uh you know great I'm, insight yeah, man you're I'm, all I'm, over this I'm, I'm good with this game i don't think that we really need to focus on it um uh, you know there's gonna be a lot of other games that we could look at i i get it uh we just it's it's the opposite take of what i just had with your uh with your case of you know they're possible be blowout with uh what was it toronto and atlanta um yeah. you know the, the spread's not high on this but when this team is actually clicking on all gears they could score very easily and i think that they're gonna you know cleveland's gonna struggle to keep up with them you know, I I may be completely out of my mind, dude. So tell me, talk me off the ledge here if I am. But I, I think this is a sneaky game where if you get the right couple guys could win you a slate because I think the entire industry approaches it just like you thought. You know, and I, I just, I don't know if it's that blatant. I know both teams stink. But it's in Cleveland, and I just the way Portland's played, I I can't picture them or game script them blowing anybody out. They've been so bad, and their defense is horrific. Cleveland is what Dallas just got layup after layup after layup when I watched them. They just don't even play any defense. So you know I I'm tempted here because if this game stays close. You know, Cleveland, first of all, it's a big pace up for them. Portland's eighth in the league. Cleveland's 26th. So, you know, it is, it's paced down for Portland. But, you know, you, you factor in the fact that they're the 22nd and 25th worst uh, defensive teams in the league. Man, if just, just picture this for a second. If, if you draw this up, this is weird. But let's just say that this game stays within 10 the whole way. And Lillard gets 30 minutes because I agree with you. If he wasn't right at all, they they would not play him in this game. So I don't – I when he plays, he usually plays. He doesn't get, you know, like a 20-minute restriction. You know, he could get 60 fantasy points without blinking in this game, in my opinion. With the defense, the Cleveland's guards don't defend a lick. And then if you come back on the other side, you know – Kevin Love played very limited minutes last night. 
you know, he can put up 20 rebounds in a game or score off the charts. So I think he plays. Again, we have to see that news. But, man, if you have like a Lillard-Love duo in this game, for example, or if you want to go down in price a little bit, maybe go McCollum and, and uh, maybe a Tristan Thompson. And here's why I say that. Whiteside's probably going to be out again. He's questionable or doubtful. I doubt he's going to play. So you got the whole Scal and the mixture. You know, I went to Scal. He was my hero the last game out, you know, like I said. But I he played a perfect game. I just don't see that coming again. And they'll rotate some guys and any of that usage that was spread around, Lillard's going to scoop. But, man, I just – I find myself looking at this game thinking this could be the edge on this slate to roster two guys in a game that has a very good potential – of staying close with two really shitty defensive teams that nobody's going to play. What do you think, man? I mean, it has all the makings to be there. Um, you know, I, I do like Lillard's price tag. Like I said, if I, if this game, if I knew this game was going to stay close, guaranteed, locked in stone, yeah, I'd definitely have some interest in Lillard. Um, you know, it is going to be a little bit of a difference, though, with him playing alongside Carmelo Anthony prior to – you know, him being hurt, he was playing alongside, you know, Nazi or Little at the uh, starting four. And Little was right. a guy that would take, you know, somewhere between four and six shots a game. So, yeah. you know, that is going to be a little bit of a usage distribution going around. Um, we're going to have to kind of see. So there's there's reasons why I can easily see playing him. And if you're going to stack it, obviously, Little makes the most sense. He's underpriced compared to anybody else on their team who seem like they're all a little bit more overpriced. Um, and like you said, they are pretty two crappy teams. So, I, I think at GPPs, he's worth a look. I think at cash games, I'll probably avoid him. I'll tell you, man, I had I had McCollum and Scal in that last game, and I never I haven't enjoyed a DFS game that much. It's like every time down, it was like Lillard, <laughs> or I, I mean McCollum, three, uh, Scal, rebound, kick it, McCollum, miss, Scal, rebound, kick back out, McCollum, three, boom. I mean, those two guys just were crushing it. Uh, maybe I maybe I have too much love for that uh, from watching that one. So I've got to <laughs> I've got to think it through a little bit. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm tempted though. I, I'm. I'm it sounds like you're playing some GPPs tonight, coach. That's what it sounds like to me. You know what? That's a good point. Maybe this is a GPP night for the coach. Maybe I take a little different approach since I'm liking a lot of these GPP style plays and and build maybe ten hand built GPP lineups and just avoid the cash I, that wouldn't be a bad idea because it seems like in my mind as we're building this i'm glad you brought it up man you that's why it's so gra- great to talk these through it, it sounds like i've got some great gpp lineups together but not as much on the cash side where you can get smoked so uh, well yeah if a couple of volatile plays who definitely have the upside and all the makings to be very good plays which is where you know you, you it piques your interest but when you're willing yeah. to you know Put one guy like that in all of your lineups. You can easily see yourself having a losing cash night if it doesn't, you know, fall right for him. So I, I think you should, man. I think you definitely should. Uh, maybe look at one of those twenty entry max ones. If, if you know, if you got the time, yeah. If you can build twenty four dollars entries, I never entries. play those. I never play them, but I like, I like the idea. I think that, you know, like I say, I think I'm going to be pretty contrarian with my plays, but I like them. You know, it's one of those scenarios where it's probably going to be. 250 and I'm going to be, you know, sliding into the Homer Simpson back into the bushes where nobody can see it, or it's going to be, you know, contrarian 400 score, you know, I'm lighting up uh, Twitter. So 
who knows, man, you never know. The coach has a couple of, couple of surprises in his pocket for those GPPs once in a while. I've, I've taken my share down. I've seen him. I've seen him. So, you know, I'm with you on it. I'm, I'm going to be waiting to see what kind of coach we see on Twitter, whether it's the Homer Simpson or the one oh, celebrating. Right. But yeah. uh, I think I'll you have an avenue for both. <laughs> I'll have them both keyed up. All right, I'm going to let you jump on this next game because I, I don't know what to think here. I, you know, is AD going to play? Is he going to sit on the he's back? Playing. Of he's playing. Um, well, we're actually, yeah, he's 100% playing. I, I, I can promise you he's playing. Um, okay. So we got Lakers Grizzlies. Jump on it, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's only simply because since we've been on the podcast, I've been keeping an eye out on the news, and it, it broke oh, it this man. morning saying that he was going to play. So uh, I, I you know, fully expect him to play. And obviously when you're looking at the Lakers side of the ball, LeBron James and Davis are obviously two main, you know, pieces that we're going to be taking into account. Who are those guys? Yeah, okay. right? Uh, <laughs> well, they're, they're both definitely in play. Um, it's, know. you know, tossing it up, which guy you want to play, it's always it's always hard to decide. I think I prefer the price tag, uh, you know, with Davis being a 1000 cheaper. He's kind of been performing well over the past two games, two 60-point performances. So, uh, you know, yes, it is a back-to-back, but he said he's playing. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit of that different uh, mentality when he's playing with the Lakers as opposed to playing with the Pelicans where he literally felt like he was playing for no ownership. No front office, no team. He just yeah, didn't but enjoy dude, that. AD is fragile, man. Oh yeah, don't get me if wrong. He has a gas pain in his stomach. He sits. Come on. You, you might, you may be right, but it's also a pace bump for him. So it's not just you know AD playing. It's it's the scenario that he's in. He's going against a young Jaron Jackson Jr. He might be able to show him a thing or two. Or uh, Joe Val. Yeah, well, they play big, so I, I would expect you know Davis to still continue playing the four and then trot out the combination of Dwight Howard and McGee over at center. And that's where, you know, I'm going to have some interest in Joe Val. We'll, we'll get to that side of the ball. You know, I'm always on Joe Val if I, you know, if I think he's going to play the minutes. Yeah, but I don't you think that AD is going to guard him? Um, it, you know, it very well could be. It, it, it could. But Joe Val's a guy where he's a point-per-minute producer. If he's not getting it done in the scoring column, the rebounds will still be there if he's playing minutes. Um, and I think that he'll still be able to get his own on putbacks in other ways. So either way, looking at Joval's price tag, I think that's where my main appeal is. He's, you know, in that 6K range, knowing that he yeah. has the upside he does for a point-per-minute guy. And, you know, barring blowouts, he's he looks like he's his, his minute total is being lifted. So we've seen a 30-minute game. That was all I needed to see to kind of have right. that, that confidence had, and knowing that he could two, get there. He had two of those in a row, by the way. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Yeah. So we know we don't need to worry about that. So if, if this game does have the makings to stay close, the spread is, a you know, I think it's an eight-point spread right now. So, it, it, you know, it's right teetering on that line of where we're, we have to really consider and watch out for the blowout. But, uh, you know, Joe Val, even in limited minutes at 6K, if he plays 25, he could still get to where we need him to be. And he has the upside if he's playing 30-plus. So, uh, I'm looking at Davis over LeBron. I think I'm, you know, Rondo uh, on the other side of the ball. I know I'm hopping around and apologize. Um, got a flagrant and thrown out of the last game. So that's kind of why we saw the minutes down. So, you know, he had his minutes lifted uh, as well. And I think, you know, they mentioned it in the preseason. They want to get Rondo involved. They want him to play a lot with the starters. I think it's a matter of time before one of those big Rondo games are around the corner. Um, where he can really pay off an up, you know, tournament price tag. So I think at his price, uh, still under 5K, he's going to be an option. Um, so those are the only people I'm really looking at the Lakers side. And on the other side, I think you know it's just going to be Joe Val and Morant as a tournament play because with him it's really volatile with the minutes. If he's playing 30 plus minutes, he's fantastic. The shot attempts are there, the usage is there. Um, it's just we we just don't know, and it's kind of going to be a little bit of a difficult matchup for him, a little bit of a pace down for the Grizzlies. So I'm just relying on him in tournaments. Yeah, I, you know, this is such a confusing game for me because, you know, the, it's an odd one because the Lakers are on a road trip and they're playing on a back-to-back. Memphis has been 
you know, got a nice night's sleep last night at home. They didn't play. They got refreshed for this game. And, you know, that gives a big edge to the Grizz. But the Lakers are just so much better. Um, you know, I was hoping AD would sit because Joe Val was going to be an automatic plug and play for me. I would have loved him in this spot. But I just I'm, – I'm fearful of Anthony Davis' defense. I mean, he has arguably been – top five in the league defensively this first, uh, you know, 15 games of the year. I said for the past six years too. He's, he, yeah. there's no, there's no doubting his defense. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, but there. I mean, I'm to the, I, I agree with you. He's been great, but I mean, I'm talking like possible defensive player of the year type. Great. So, you know, I think he, he is going to guard Joe Val. I just, that's my gut feeling. I think that they'll let, uh, McGee uh, guard Triple J and, and and switch around that way. Now I could be wrong, and you know if it's McGee or Howard on uh, on Joe Val, I think it, it helps him a little bit. Not that those two guys are terrible on defense. I mean their interior defense is good, but uh, I just that that makes me fearful of taking him. I don't want to spend up on on stinking LeBron and AD, but I say that every damn sh- show. It seems like I. I fade those two guys and they just kick ass all the time. And I'm sort of getting tired of it. And I'd love to, to dial one of them up. Uh, I just don't know if I want to spend that kind of money. That's, that's what I've got to make a decision on is, you know, and then, you know, it's always comes down to, and I'm sure a lot of people in the industry are finding this too, is, you know, it's, it's not like when Harden and Westbrook got together this year, I thought, okay, we're going to be in those nights where which guy do I play? And you're going to get in that quandary bank, bank back and forth. But it's not that way. Harden's a million times better play every night than Westbrook. But in this situation with Davis and LeBron, it's a dead ass toss up. I think on a given night, um, you know, either guy is possibly uh, can go off. So I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I can see going with one or the other. I just, I don't know. You know, I think because of the back-to-back with the Lakers, the game stays closer. I think that this game certainly could be very high scoring. Um, you know, let's let's take a quick look at the pace here. If you look, uh, you know, right now the Lakers are playing uh, only at the 18th pace, which isn't as fast as I had thought. But uh, Memphis is playing at the seventh. So it's a pace up game for the Lakers. Great. That means more possessions, more shots for the Lakers. Uh, that, you know, brings them into play even more. But then on the defensive efficiency side, the Lakers are third in the league in D, which, you know, puts a little bit of crunch on the Memphis dudes. But Memphis is only 24. That's bad. So Lakers are in play, dude. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I'm tempted to dial up Rondo. I just, I like the way he looked before he got tossed out last night. He just looks like he's right, you know. Um, I think he's dangerous. Kuzma's okay with that wicked eye poke, right? He's good to go? Yeah, he should be fine. Um, I just, you know, the usage is just no longer there for him. And it's it's really tough for him to get any meaningful playing time because he's always going to be on the floor, whether it's next to AD or LeBron, uh, somebody that's going to be, 
you know, are, obviously dictating that offense. Good, the price is good, and that's you know that's the problem. I got suckered into the price the other night, and I paid for it, and you know, oh. put up another dud game. So I think the floor is just a little too low. And when you mentioned AD and LeBron, I think LeBron just it makes sense for the safer cash play. His floor seems to be there every single night, and he does yeah. still have the ceiling. And you're paying for the ceiling. That's why you're paying eleven one for him. Um, AD does have a little bit lower of a floor. We've seen a couple thirty point duds from him, and you know that's maybe more of the GPP play for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to, you know, we got to watch this one close. I think, you know, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. I'll tell you, I've been disappointed when I've rostered jaw. He's, he definitely has a ceiling uh, that he shouldn't have. I think it should be a little higher, but they don't seem to, you know, overextend him at all. So that's, that's a bit of a concern as well. All right, man. We got two games left. Uh, there's no super late hammer tonight. There's just an 8:30 and a nine. There's no real late game. Uh, the 8:30 game is Detroit and Milwaukee. Uh, is Blake Griffin playing on a back-to-back? He's probably the best candidate to sit, I would think. But uh, I haven't seen news there. Uh, they're five and ten going against the. Uh, the 12 and three bucks in Milwaukee. What are your initial thoughts? It's, you know, the news that you mentioned is obviously something that we're going to have to focus on right now. This game's coming in with the, uh, you know, minus 12 spread for Milwaukee. So that may be uh, an indicator that Blake is planning on sitting. Um, either way, I think this is going to be a really tough game to play unless you're scripting it. So, you know, if you're scripting this game to stay close, I think there's options on both sides. I think Andre Drummond's price tag is just way too cheap for the upside that he yeah, has. Way down. Oh, uh, yeah, 83. Remember 80. he was 10-4 that yeah. one game last week. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's even more in play if Blake Griffin sits, but... Um, you know, that's kind of why we saw it was up there. He was, you know, really overperforming with Blake Griffin being out. Some of the usage is being obviously directed towards Blake now. We're seeing Blake play a little bit more on ball as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to play Blake Griffin in this matchup knowing it's a back-to-back. I, I think at the very least he'll be limited. Um, I think, you know, if I'm scripting it, if I'm playing one of either Bledsoe or Giannis, then, you know, I'll look to run it back with some Andre Drummond to hope to get four quarters out of these guys. But we've seen centers kind of get limited by Brooke Lopez pulling them away from the basket in these matchups yeah. before. So uh, it's it's purely a game script. If I'm playing Bledsoe or Giannis, then I'm, I'm definitely playing Drummond. Otherwise, I'll, I'll probably just steer clear of this game, um, other than maybe a little bit of a, a one-off of uh, Drummond because of that price tag here and there. You think Giannis will get much uh, ownership? I think he always gets a fair amount of ownership, especially when we see him on a slate without James Harden, because those are usually the two comparable guys that could put up that 80-point game uh, yeah. night in and night out. So I do, I do think he'll get some decent ownership. I, I mean, I'm not really looking forward to paying, uh, you know, 12k for for anybody unless you know it's a significant counterpart on the team is sitting out, or if the matchup is just one that I can't ignore. Um, and I don't think either one of the cases are really there for Giannis right now. But you know, when you look at Bledsoe, I've I've been mentioning him on probably just about every single five we've done by now. Right. I, I think that. He's going to continue thriving in this kind of matchup. He's going to continue seeing an increase in usage. And 7,600, yes, it's a price bump. It's still not where it needs to be. This guy, night in and night out of close games, has 40-point upside. He does. I, I respect Bruce Brown defense, though, and I think he'll he'll be pushing on uh, on Bledsoe a little bit. That's that's my only concern there. But plus, you know, the blowout concern here is there. If Griffin sits uh, – in Detroit is not playing that well uh, beyond Drummond, but um, you know I, I'll tell you though at the price tag and I, you might this is like hit the reward re, rewind and replay button because since the very first preseason game to now 
I always say the same thing. I know I apologize for repeating myself now for the 27th time, but when Griffin sits, I play Drummond. I just do because the dude just eats everything in the paint, everything. I mean, it's ridiculous how, how well he's, he does in the paint. And so if Griffin sits, I'm going to, I'm not afraid to dial up Andre. I just, it's his year. It's, it's his uh, free agent after this year. You know, there's rumors out there this week that Charlotte's going to offer him the max deal to try to get him away. And all this stuff is churning. I think he's just going to get the big minutes and kill it every night. And I'll tell you, I'm going to give you another something else to think about going, even if Griffin plays tonight or in future games. To me at this point, and I know this is a bold statement, but I'm going to say it. When Drummond plays, I can't play Griffin, period, because he is not getting any of those rebounds, putbacks, anything. And his ceiling is lower than I've ever seen it before, basically because Drummond's playing way more minutes, way more usage, way more effectiveness. And I just think uh, I'm going to fade, fade Griffin unless Drummond has a game where he sits out. Uh, but if, if Griffin sits, I'm, I'm not afraid to spend that. That is not expensive. That's a really good price for Drummond. He could put up a 2020 game against Milwaukee because Brooke is great on the perimeter. And I know he's been blocking some shots, but he is not going to be able to handle Drummond on the glass. And, uh, you know, for that reason, I really like him on the Milwaukee side. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to try to maybe squeeze value here. A guy that I have a little circle around, again, this is probably why I'm going to be GPP Joe today, is uh, DiVincenzo has slipped into that starting spot for Middleton, and he's consistently put DFS points in the 20s up with some upside and looks really good out there, and he's cheap. So that might be a guy uh, to look at. What do you think of that call, or is that, or am I reaching? Um, I don't think you're, you're reaching. You're right. He has been putting up you know, pretty solid performances on the board. I mean, now you're also paying, uh, you know, over 5K for him. So I think uh, there's not a lot of juice left on the bone for that. Um, yeah. You know, looking at his past performances, 28, 25, you know, 33 is a nice for that price tag, 25. He, you know, he's he's hitting the 5X, but he's not getting much more over 5X. So I don't know if he'd be in a winning GPP lineup unless your game stack can get in this game just happens to, you know, stay really close. And maybe it's, you know, him, Bledsoe, or Giannis and him just really firing. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't knock it for it. I just don't think I'll be there. Yeah. You know, what's killing me is a lot of these sneak guys that I was getting at 36, 37, 38 are now 5,000, 51, 52. And that, that does change the whole picture. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. That's, that's going to be very interesting. And I, I'm, you know, we got to wait that news for sure on, uh, on Griffin, but I, I, he would be my number one candidate to probably sit. Um, okay, let's go to the final game. It's nine o'clock, so it is 30 minutes later than any other game. So I guess we consider this sort of the late night sweat hammer game. And it is a weird one because you got the Pelicans who want to run and go and, and shoot and run, and the Jazz who are going to grind the life out of you and foul you and slow you down and get it done. So six and nine Pelicans at the 10 and five Jazz. You've got, uh, Right now, the, the Pelicans, the third fastest team in the league. Utah's 20th. It's not the worst. They've been usually down at the very bottom. 
So they are playing a little bit quicker than they normally have. But here's a big thing that you got to worry about. Utah's the number one team in the league defensively. So they could easily put the clamps on the young Pelicans pretty damn fast. And I'll tell you, the Pelicans have been just a, a beautiful place to go for value. You can all usually get like two Pelicans uh, pretty darn cheap to, to make out your roster. But they got to go to Utah play against the number one defense in the league, uh, that is a little bit scary for sure. What do you think? I'm not really interested in anybody on the Pelican side, to be honest. This game wow. uh, in general is kind of, uh, you know, a little problematic for me, I think. It's just, you know, looking at the Pelicans, they're actually on the front half of a back-to-back. Alonzo Ball is, you know, has returned. He's playing limited minutes. So, um, you know, the Jazz, their defense, the way they've been playing, uh, you know, I, I just think this has all the makings to be a limited minutes for a lot of their starters because they are playing tomorrow, especially, you know, yeah. Lonzo might sit. So if that's the case, if Lonzo does sit and, you know, it being the front end, uh, we'll, find, we'll find that news out. I'm probably, you know, relatively early enough where we can make the decision or, you know, at least take advantage of a late swap in it. You can start looking at maybe a couple of these guards, you know, whether it's J.J. Redick, um, or, you know, Drew Holiday playing primarily at point. Um, but I think just with the front end of a back-to-back, them playing in Utah against this Utah team, it's kind of pulling a, a lot away from me. Yeah. Do you think this blows out? I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, you know, I don't even know if they released um, the total for it yet. It, actually, they have. It's uh, it's minus eight. So that, you know, that that kind of is right on that teetering that line that we, that we talked about. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, but it's it also, you know, is some it's a red flag where I wouldn't yeah. say, you know, plant the flag, run away, blow out. But, you know, with it being, like I said, the front end of a back to back and all the other makings, it, it, it just takes too much away from me. I don't really see a ton of upside. I know Brandon Ingram, we jumped on that price tag, you know, right away in, his, in that game that he returned against Phoenix and it, it paid off. I was all over him. Now it's yeah. a little bit of a different scenario. He's 8,400 in Utah. Yes, he's been performing great. But if there's you know some matchups where you do want to jump off or you're hoping other people have the ownership and they get that down game of a 34 uh, you know DK point night, yeah, you know that's that's kind of what I'm looking for in this one. I'm hoping other people jump on it. Um, maybe I get a little bit of exposure over on the Utah side and just hope that you know in, in the case that it stays close, I got some action in it. But um, I really don't want to just go overboard and go against what I'm thinking. Well, I'll tell you the guy I'm interested in. Tell me, you tell me what you think about this take. I I don't often take Rudy Gobert, but this just seems like the best spot ever for him. I mean, Favors I think is out again. It Okafor probably won't play. If he does, he's going to be limited for sure. So I mean, God bless him. I love Jackson Hayes, but he's like rake thin, and Gobert's just a just a power in there as and so I don't know how Gobert doesn't get like every rebound a bunch of putbacks you know and New Orleans tries to play small and play like little tiny Kenrich Williams at center and I just I don't know how they're going to match up against uh, Gobert without any of the you know any of the bigs uh, playing so that's a concern do you think he's in play I do think he's in play, and it's, it's kind of like that situation and scenario I just described where, you know, if this game does stay close, I envision a big game out of Gobert. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's just another reason why I also think that they could just completely run away with this one. It's just they have nobody to contain Gobert. Uh, you know, we're going to see, you know, the, the uh, Mitchell versus Drew Holiday matchup, and that does have me worrying about Mitchell a little bit. But his, sh- his shot attempts have been off the wall 20-plus in the past three, four yeah. games. So, uh, you know, there's there's definitely some tantalizing upside with that. But, you know, the fear of Drew Holiday is going to have me limiting him to GPPs only. 
And on top of that, we have to worry about this game going all four quarters. Conley's been playing great. Um, getting priced appropriately, though, at 7200 too. So, like I said, I'm, it's going to be hard for me to have any action in this game for all the factors. Um, but if you wanted a one-off Gobert, I don't mind it. But I would recommend probably maybe just going with somebody on the other side uh, as well and hope that you get all four quarters out of both of them. Well, Stifle Tower will make some of those GPP builds that I'm going with uh, G- Coach GPP tonight. So we'll see how that goes. Awesome, man. Well, that's it. That's the slate. Uh, hopefully that gives everybody a good idea. It's a little more up to date because, again, we're we're releasing this this morning. This over to Dan at the mothership there, and uh, I'm sure he'll get this uh, dialed up and out there to everybody here pretty quickly. Uh, and that'll give you the day to, you know, follow the news, as I mentioned, uh, you know, at Hoopball Fantasy, at Joe Sarvati, at Mike Apatria at uh, Language Olympic, and at Miles6565. We'll all be posting stuff throughout the day. Uh, keep an eye on that, and uh, let's let's win some money tonight, Mike. What do you think? All right, man. I'm hoping so. I mean, I, we put the preparation in, and now we got I got the coffee flowing through my veins, so I'm feeling good. I'm going to go make another cup right now, and and as this stuff is fresh in my mind, I'm going to finish up some uh, research and we'll go from there. So any final words, buddy? No, I would say, uh, you know, definitely uh, game script, you know, fiddle with your lineups a little bit. It does seem like it's more of a GPP type of night and just have fun, guys. You know, manage your bankroll so that way if, if it doesn't go right, you're not, uh, you know, kicking and screaming and mad at yourself over not playing certain guys. Just have fun. Watch some good games. We've got some good basketball on tonight. Yeah, it, you know, it may. I am always playing cash rather than GPP. So if I'm even going to go there tonight, maybe it is a, a, a GPP night where you can go in at some of the lower cost so you're not putting as much of your bankroll on the line. And, you, you know, you either cash big or you, you have an early night. <laughs> you <laughs> that's can look a, it that way. That's generally the makings of GPPs. You know, you uh, I tend not to look at my lineup until at least like, you know, close to the end of the first game, maybe halfway through the first game. And, yeah, you know, by then you, you, you have an understanding of, you know, whether you're going to keep watching or you're done watching. Absolutely. Well, terrific, man. Uh, make sure you guys uh, tune in. They'll do the show later tonight. Andrew and Miles are on on Saturday nights. So they'll be posting that late night tonight, at worst, very first thing in the morning. So catch up with them because I know there's a a nice little six-game slate on Sunday. And then Sunday night, Mr. Apatry and I get to jump back on here with you guys for a Monday slate. So that'll be cool, man. All right, dude. Yeah, yeah. Let's make some money. Have a great uh, weekend and and enjoy it. And uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us for – Hoopball NBA DFS today for my man Mike Apatria and Andrew Hansen, our man Miles, and our man Andy Andrew J. Gallagher Esquire. I am Coach, and we will catch you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS. Good luck, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.